you've reached the landline of the Interval podcast. Uh, neither Jack, Andy, or anyone, quite frankly, can take your call right now. Please leave your message after the beep. I didn't even know we had a line. <coughs> I came across your podcast for a recommendation from a geezer down the local boozer. I found this number in the yellow pages. Quite frankly, you ought to be utterly disgusted with yourselves. Disgusted. Ashamed. No, no, no. Gillian, I will go in on these folk. They are nasty pieces of work. I just got one question for you. You think it's funny, eh? You think it's funny mimicking people's accents, taking the piss, not knowing what they've been through? How about this for a punchline, lads? Twinkle, twinkle, little star. I'm going to bash your heads in with a metal bar. You have four new messages. Message one. Hello, lads. It's your Auntie Jean. Uh, I'm, in, I'm in a bit of a spot of uh, bother, actually. I've, I've been banged up for murder. I'm not, I'm not quite sure how it's happened, really, but these things happen, don't they? I'm facing life in prison, but hopefully it's all blows over, touch wood. Well, I've got to go now. The, uh, the big man wants me back in for some more questioning. I'll see you soon, boys. Put the kettle on for me when I'm back. Message two. Oh, it, it's all gone wrong. Horribly wrong. I'm lost, Barry. I... I I don't know where I am. What time is it? It's here for Gal to be, and the booty must take longer to give distance too far. Oh, oh no! Taking a mighty tumble there, Barry. Oh, Christ, I, I, I've buckled my legs. Oh, Christ. Message three. You have been selected. Message four. Messages. Messages deleted. Oh good God get me out of this godforsaken box.
Welcome back to The Interval, the podcast with big talks and comedy shorts. I'm Jack. And I'm Andy. And both of us here at The Interval Podcast would like to wish you all a very happy new year. With our latest expansion, it now means you can listen to the podcast on all major streaming services. We've also started an Instagram page, which is at Interval Podcast, which is the same as our Twitter um, on there, we want to put up some more sketches as well as keeping everyone updated when there are some new shows. So, Andy, are you ready to smash episode number three? Let's do it. Let's go. These are actual news reports from actual papers written by actual journalists Okay, Jack, fire away. Give me the first headline. Forecasters call for weather on Monday. <laughs> Rest of the week. Mm-mm. It's just Monday. We need, the, we need the weather on Monday. They're calling for it. Okay, how about this one? Somoza sent into space by British eatery crash lands in France. <laughs> I mean... Of all the things to send into space, why not a Samosa? I mean, we've never known what's happened before, so why not give it a test? First Samosa into space. Here's another one. Amphibious pitcher makes debut. What? As in like a baseball, <laughs> a baseball pitch? <laughs> God, I thought you meant like... He's a, there with his gills. I thought you meant like a pitcher, like a drink pitcher. No, no, no. <laughs> so like someone's blended up an amphibian. Fish boys on base one. <laughs> You've blended up an amphibian, put it in a picture, <laughs> and it's making its debut at your local spoons. <laughs> okay, keep firing. Another one. Another one. Thursday is cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. That's fine. We'll go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. I four, think Four-day week. I think everyone would prefer that, to be fair. Thursday's a bit of a dead day, though. No one likes Thursdays. How about this one? Man files lawsuit over Hawaiian rolls not being made in Hawaii. Sounds fair enough. How about this one? Man arrested for everything. <laughs> Imagine the report. Yeah. Just 6,000 pages long, just every <laughs> law has been broken. I mean, he was a, clearly a, a very naughty man. <laughs> I don't think you get naughty. I mean, he's, he's been arrested for everything. <laughs> So, conspiracy theories. Everyone's heard of them. You either love them, hate them, believe in them, or do not. Jack, why do people have such a fascination with conspiracy theories? Because we like to know more about the world. I think no one is, is content with what they're presented with. There's always a hidden meaning in everything. And if you look hard enough, you're bound to find something. You can piece together anything if you try hard enough. Exactly. And obviously... As, as me and Jack are both well aware of wasting a lot of our time on Amazon Prime, there are plenty <laughs> Countless documentaries. of documentaries. And I think the reason why they're so popular is because they explain the unexplainable. They give meaning to stuff that doesn't necessarily have meaning and is just a wonder of the world. So in this new segment, we'd like to get together some well-known conspiracy theories and some lesser-known conspiracy theories and just have a chat and a bit of a discussion about it and see what we get out of it. Okay. The year is 3000 BC. Aliens have spotted planet Earth 
They've come down, landed in Wiltshire, England. Yeah. Seen a load of rocks, and have decided to just create a monument, which we now know as Stonehenge. This is a very, very popular conspiracy theory, or just theory, mm -hmm. that aliens built Stonehenge. Thoughts on that? Um, I mean, it's a cracking theory. I, I, I can, I understand why people think that it's extraterrestrial, but I don't understand why that's their first thought. Like humans are very smart people, and granted, building materials and tools weren't as efficient back then. Well, the idea is, is that these stones are about fifty tons, um, and as you just said, uh, at that moment in our human history, we didn't have tools, we didn't have wheels, so people have put two and two together and just assumed aliens. Yeah, I feel like aliens is the easy way out for anything. You could, you could say any. I mean, pyramids are another big one for for being created by aliens, mm. just because right now, like, how did they do it? <laughs> but then it's always, oh, it must be aliens then. Well, yeah, I, I guess that goes back to what we originally said, is that it's the easiest go-to if anything is, like, completely amazing. Like, the pyramids and um, Stonehenge are both World Heritage sites, I'm pretty sure. And, again, if you can't explain it by science. It's very easy just to say, well, it's aliens, because you can't disprove aliens. It's, it's used as more of a um, solstice thing, now, isn't it? Yeah. Loads of people go there and the, gatherings each year. The longest day and then worship the sun. I, I'm pretty sure they're naked as well. Sounds <laughs> I mean, like midsummer. I mean, yeah, it just <laughs> sounds like some horrid, horrid, you know, <laughs> festival where people get thrown off a cliff or something. I don't know. I'm I'm sure it's very sacrifice to the alien gods. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's very very uh, you know peaceful and nice, but. But no, that, that, that is a very common one. Have yeah. you been? Have you been to Stonehenge? I've never been to Stonehenge. Obviously, I've, you see it all the time in, in films and documentaries and, and whatnot. Mm. Um, but I personally have never looked at it and thought that that is beyond the realms of human creation. Well, it doesn't look like... I don't... I don't what would be going through the alien's head to make that? They're bored? Bit of art? I mean, look at, look at modern art that humans have created. I mean, if, if an alien came down and was like, you know what, lads... Let's just... Uh, Someone's going to find uh, the Tate Modern in 40,000 years' time, like aliens. Yeah. Well, maybe it's like, I don't know, some sort of portal or some sort of thing that says, okay, that's 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 planet Earth. Let's go there. I don't know. We could make up another conspiracy theory about Stonehenge. It's very easy. Yeah. Just pick anything that you can't disprove and you've got yourself a conspiracy theory. Let's do it. Tonight. Tensions are rife in the manor. Forbidden relationships are forming. And has the Earl of Bolingbroke bitten off more than he can chew? The scroll unravels on... Past I meet with company, I love a child until I die. Grant should last but not deny, so God be pleased thus in it in the Great Hall, Earl of Bolingbroke and Sir Winchester are discussing their latest romances. I found myself skulking through the chambers yesterday morn when I witnessed Lady Shropshire flash some ankle forthwith. It was quite the delight. Ha <laughs> ha, you are quite the saucy devil. <laughs> I ask of this of you, Bolingbroke. Do not tarry. Strike whilst the iron is hot. 
for it worked for myself whilst courting the humorous Lady Jane. Oh, oh, oh yes, Lady Jane. Humorous rapport equipped with her striking figure doth make her a good catch. She is one to flirt and joke well into the dawn. What? Have you been fornicating with my betrothed? Mm. Aye, but you knoweth how the saying goes, Winchester. All is fair in love and war. <laughs> Thou artless, hag-born, lecherous coward. Within this great hall I throw down my gauntlet, and with that denounce all respect one has had for thee. Oh, come now, Winchester, doth thou speak so hot-headedly without concern for reason? There be a solution that doth benefit us both. Lady Jane has been burnt at the stake, and therefore is eliminated from pastime with good company. <laughs> what did I say, Winchester? If there's a cause to ditch, accuse her of being a witch. Ah, of course. <laughs> Lady Jane shall be missed. Yeah. Such a shame, such a shame. It's like you said, Bolingbroke. That's the game. Yes. <laughs> well, tell me, how goes it with Lady Shropshire? <laughs> well, let's just say I won't be accusing her of being a witch anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she does look like one, Bolingbroke. What? After the break, tensions boil over. Why do you play the role of the jester? Mark my words, I may have lost Lady Jane, but I will not lose Shropshire. First I meet with company, I love a child until I die. Grant should last but not The big one. It is once again time for the big talk of this episode. And today we have for you the monumentous topic of paranormal activity and ghosts. Now we are very aware that this is quite a large topic, but we hope to cover all areas of it. But to kick things off, I'm going to pass over to Mr. Long, who is going to give us a brief overview or historical breakdown of paranormal activity. So get ready, get set, get some snacks, and take it away, Mr. Long. Mr. Cave, please give me some sort of atmospheric music. Thank you. So, every culture throughout all of human history has had some idea of survival after death, and has told stories about people encountering the dead. But these stories are very different from culture to culture, and even within cultures, they change very significantly over time. So what I'm going to do is focus on three periods of British history I believe are the most important in how we understand the paranormal today. So the first period is the 14th to the 16th century. So during the 14th century, people's preconceptions of ghosts were entirely different to those we see today. During that time, ghosts were not associated with traumatic death were not just human, were sometimes tangible, and would visit people on Earth for specific reasons, like visiting a family relative. And during this period, the idea of ghosts 
caused the widely accepted religion of the time, Catholicism, some serious issues. Essentially, ghosts didn't fit into their idea of heaven and hell, so in the 16th century, purgatory was used as a possible explanation. Um, the possible explanation of paranormal activity changed again when Henry VIII broke England from the Catholic Church. So during the mid-16th century, it was accepted that ghost is a demon trying to deceive you, still coinciding with the idea of heaven and hell. The second period is the 19th century. So during this time, the development of civilization and ideas of ghosts began to change. Now, ghosts begin to be heavily associated with a location, so a building itself is haunted. During this century, we also saw the beginning of the Age of Enlightenment. So the idea of science and understanding prevailed over religion, meaning the perceived legitimacy of ghosts decreased, leading to the idea of ghosts being seen as tourist attractions or entertainment. Um, I believe this was a key turning point, um, and ghost stories started spreading like wildfire. And during the mid-1800s, BOOM! People started trying to communicate with ghosts, starting the spiritualism movement. What is spiritualism, you ask? Well, spiritualism was dedicated to the idea that the afterlife, and specifically the Christian idea of afterlife, was scientifically provable. So then we had seances spreading across America and the United Kingdom, newspaper pages beginning filing adverts for mediums, dozens of devices uh, communicating with the dead like Ouija boards started to be mass produced and in people's homes. New technologies were being developed and transforming lives with the emergence of art photography and along with this came the new art of paranormal uh, photographic imagery and subsequent fakes which are now referred to as double exposures. And the final period is modern day. So during the 60s and the 70s, a craze of supernatural literature and entertainment sweeped the nation. And with this, films and horror genre became extremely popular, sparking a massive array of entertainment documentaries and shows that focus on finding proof for the paranormal. So in conclusion, what affects someone's ideas of ghosts and the paranormal? Religion, culture, technology and politics. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Long. No problem. Uh, stumbled a little bit in parts, but I thought... Right, I thought you did a, a slap-up job. I thought I, did, thought I did pretty well. Yeah, it was nice. So, Jack. Yes. After that seminar, <laughs> what is your kind of general belief around paranormal and ghosts? Um, personally, I, I love the idea and the invention of ghosts and the paranormal. I think humans in whatever form of evolution we've been in, have always had this infatuation with mystery and understanding the seemingly unknown, whether that's hunter-gatherer tribe sitting around a campfire, looking up at the night sky, wondering what that giant burning ball is up there, to modern-day religion. Just again, just another way of understanding what we, we can't know. Um, and for that reason, I, I love the idea of there being this afterlife where our ancestors go and exist on a separate plane to us. Um, that now, obviously, I mean, even with science, science is just another form of trying to understand what we don't know. And I think they all kind of mesh together really nicely, whereas sometimes it does seem they're quite opposing. I think they can work together really nicely. Um, and for that reason, there's the famous saying from Albert Einstein, which is energy can't be 
created or destroyed. Um, this is, of course, the, the first law of thermodynamics, which says that the energy in the universe is always constant. It doesn't change. It's always there. It never disappears. So with that in mind, the energy that we humans are made up of and that we carry around with us at all times can never disappear. So after death, it has to go somewhere. And for me, I don't believe it's the stereotypical idea that you're this walking spectre in the in the night, but existing somewhere else that we are unable to access at this point in time. But I think that energy does have to go somewhere. It it has to. That's that's fact. And for me, that's my idea of said afterlife or paranormal. Well, thank you, Doctor Cave. You're very welcome for that seminar as well i'll be touring uh, major universities in in the coming months well it is a course actually i think at one university you can study paranormal stuff that's fascinating i wouldn't Um, mind doing that but yeah so for me well it is a difficult one because i my my family's from a religious background Mm -hmm. um i i go to church when i can um i do believe in god um so with that i obviously i'm more inclined to believe in stuff that you would describe as paranormal or supernatural Mm. um well as i as i said in in that um history kind of analysis is ghosts within the bible like it's it's hard to kind of define what they are if they are actually a thing or whether it is a demon or Mm. a, a relative or whatever so Within that, I'm really not too sure. Like, I really don't know. I'm not going to pinpoint it what I believe it is. But I am 100% with the idea that there are energies and things that we cannot explain on this planet. And whether that's explained by science or stories or folklore or whatever, I don't care. I believe in it. I in, I believe in supernatural stuff for sure. It's interesting that your understanding of paranormal comes from more of a, a religious background, whereas science has been trying to debunk paranormal phenomena for years and years. Um, and there are certain cases where science has been able to debunk certain phenomena. Um, one of these cases is a, uh, an engineer called uh, Vic Tandy um, in the 1980s. He was he was working in a in a lab that had multiple accounts from people working there of feeling uneasy, um, feeling anxious, seeing things. Even himself said he he thought he saw an apparition in this lab. Um, and one day he was working there, and a, a fencing sword that was in a vice on one of the tables began to vibrate with with no reason for it to be doing so. And after searching around and investigating the area, he found this fan that was emitting this thing called infrasound now infrasound is sound waves that vibrate at a much lower frequency so that the human ear can't pick it up Um, and after removing the fan from the room all accounts of feeling anxious and uneasy stopped no one felt strange in this room anymore so people have now believed that this infrasound can be a cause for certain paranormal activity obviously that is just one case and there are many other cases out there that potentially have nothing to do with infrasound but they do believe that that 
plays a big part in that strange feeling we get in certain spaces. Yeah, it's so interesting. Um, but it's crazy, though, because a lot of the time science seems to conflict a supernatural explanation when actually there's no reason why they can't come hand in hand. And that's probably the reason why you know ghost hunting shows have become so popular because they seem to please both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, I I think that'd be a I think that's a really good thing to uh, have a chat about. Actually, is the the effect that media has had on paranormal belief. So, Jack. Yes. Do you think the media's portrayal of ghosts takes away the validity of people's paranormal experiences? Yeah, I think it does. I think obviously, you, you well. It, mid noughties brought that rise of of shows like most haunted and, and ghost hunters international and all of that and whereas they're not as big now those shows brought paranormal investigating into the public eye and made it pop culture and made it entertainment mm. um i think since that you have so many more ghost nights or ghost tours or or whatnot people going out to find ghosts and have their own experience and unfortunately, out of all of the paranormal experiences people have, a lot of those are going to be ones that they've wanted so badly to happen that they have happened compared to the ones that are potentially genuine. And I think now it's hard to separate genuine accounts to people accidentally brushing up against a wall on a ghost tour and thinking they've been touched on the shoulder. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely the entertainment and the thrill factor which, as I said in that his- history bit, that was part of that's that's that was part of the the development of how we see ghosts. It yeah. was it was seen as like a more of an entertainment thing, as a thrill. Oh, maybe, maybe not. Is this paranormal? Is this just my imagination? That there's definitely a thrill in that, and because a lot of these shows have been debunked, or there's been you know evidence on YouTube of people faking stuff. Mm. Unfortunately, what that means is is that people watch those kind of shows and think, well, they faked it. So if they faked it, then clearly there's a there's a rational explanation for everyone's accounts. When a lot of the time there isn't, but unfortunately you can't get a camera crew yeah. in everyone's house everywhere all the time. Yeah. So um, I do feel for people who have had a genuine paranormal experience and people will straight away quash it. And I think that is that's what's always happened and will always continue to happen because and people are afraid to just come out now in, yeah. in the fear of being hounded as a as a crazy yeah what well, it will always happen because at the end of the day it's such a huge issue it's 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 a matter of life and death what happens after you die like we all have different opinions so there's always going to be potential upsets or disagreements on on a topic like this yeah always leading on from the previous conversation it's not just you know ghost hunting tv shows that are incredibly popular you also have shows in which you have you know a medium uh, who may contact um, a family relative or someone in your life who has died um, and the medium can essentially give messages from the dead Um, again this is a very controversial thing um, because some people would completely disagree with this and say that's completely wrong and say that it's all a facade. And then other people would say, actually, 
um, these mediums are totally real and gave me a legitimate message from a dead family member. And for them, that's given them a lot of joy and a lot of hope and solitude, I suppose. Well, <clears throat> again, like I said, with with the infrasound, there, there's multiple people who try to, to debunk people mediums or, or people who tried to contact the dead um notable people such as darren brown has done it on mm. on various occasions yeah um but i think cold reading which would be the technique used in in mediumship um i mean you can you can buy it in a book you can learn how to cold read it is a skill and a very difficult skill at that but it is it is a skill um and a lot of people explain mediums through the uh, the barnum effect which is essentially the idea that people get told a, a very generalized description and they do the hard work and fill in the blanks and attribute it to themselves very much like how say a horoscope would work you'd yep. read a horoscope and you think yep that's me mm -hmm. um and i think looking at it that way you can understand why people do think it can be conceived as as fake but then at the end of the day even if it was fake if the person who's getting the reading done is happy and they receive some kind of comfort from the answer they're getting yeah. then who's to say there's anything wrong with that whatsoever mm. and i think again this is another example of potentially science and supernatural coming together because for a lot of those cases, it may be the case that they are just extremely skilled on cold reading, which they've learned from various books and techniques and classes or however, whatever the the journey is to get from A to B to, to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, or whether, you know, they do actually possess a wonderful ability. And even if they did have this wonderful ability, you will always have people try to assert logic to it yeah so i think this is where this these kind of discussions go round and round in circles because will we always just try to explain the supernatural or will we just kind of allow the supernatural stuff to kind of not be explained but i guess if that was the case we'd you know we'd still look at the the sun so, and think that was i was the gonna say you, stuff like that, that this takes us right back to the start where no matter what part of history humans were in we've always wanted to know more mm. and no matter what avenue you choose whether that's religion whether that's science whatever it's always just to understand more of things that we do not know yeah and i think another example of kind of science and supernatural coming hand in hand as well is with the ouija board mm. um and again, this was a hot topic, again, with Darren Brown, yeah. who seems to just love debunking stuff because that is literally who he is. Ex-Christian, by the way. Um, and yeah, that's a thing called ID motor movement, um, where everyone subconsciously moves around the cup or wherever the object is in question. Um, again, kind of going back to what you said, because everyone doing the Ouija board really wants it to move because we want that thrill. We want to access the unknown. Everyone subconsciously together allows it to move um and again that might be the case for 90 percent of the time mm. but there might be another 10 percent in which you actually access something yeah, yeah. again that's up to you um and 
even if there was a scientific explanation, I am not mucking around with a Ouija board. No <laughs> way am I getting anywhere boards, near that. The Ouija boards, they were sold to kids in the 80s. It's yeah, like I know. a board game, which is baffling to me. Yeah. The fact that it's been uh, linked to a cult and, and demons and the fact that you could sell it to children and parents would buy it for them. But again, this is it links back to that period mm. in, in the 19th century where they started making it because it was an entertainment. It was a board game. Yeah. But... Again, if, if you're if you've got a board game around that subject and then something paranormal then happens after you've mucked around with a Ouija board, you're gonna put two and two together and like I mean, regardless, like you don't be mucking around with that, do you? Like I don't see what personally I don't see the thrill yeah. in that. I'd be scared. I'd be so scared, I'd run out of the room. I'd be like, I'm not going I'm not even gonna be in the same house as this. But it's interesting you say that because you've literally just explained how it works and yet you still wouldn't touch one. Yeah, because of what of what might happen it's not it's not of terms of fact it's more of what might happen because of that the unknown the unknown so i guess i guess the main thing is the unknown thank you for listening to episode number three we really hope that you enjoyed this episode go check us out on social media for some extra content we are essentially everywhere now we are a rash that you cannot get rid of until the next episode all we can say is stay safe have fun drink water good night Thank <laughs> you.